Hey, hello, hello, everybody. Welcome into Off the Post. Uh, Renovi joining myself alongside for our first post game show. Pretty excited about this, everyone. Um, originally, this is what wanted to do. Looking, looking back and setting everything up. So now that we're here, it's very exciting, especially after an opening weekend. Some exciting Rocket League happening. Uh, I'll throw it to you, Cam. What are your opening thoughts? Obviously, we're gonna start with Bay's finals. Phase regional champs. How you feel if you're a phase fan right now? <laughs> they're just speed running, you know. They they decided, okay, it's time for our, our the first regional of the year. Uh, we're just gonna win it because that's what they did last time. Um, I do wonder if yeah. this will be consistent with them. They look really good, but obviously they looked really good at the beginning of last season and then kind of tapered off. But I mean. I have to talk about him first killer he did everything this weekend i mean he looked unstoppable he especially in the g2 series yeah 100 percent. i mean he pretty much hard carried that series it was kind of like a showing off like um you know in the nba you have just one of those players where you just he keeps getting the ball he drops like six points kind of felt like that was what first killer was like in that yeah game. every every time he's in rotation it's like oh here we go it's gonna be a goal again yeah and and it was it also wasn't even if it was like just the goal scoring for him. It was, it was more everything for him. You know, he was able to control the ball. He was setting up his teammates. And of course, he was goal scoring. Um, fun fact that they were talking about in the broadcast was it doesn't happen very often, but the number one goal scorer and the number two scorer were both playing in the grand finals. And the top offense, two top offenses of the tournament were both playing. So. Kind of a lack of defense coming out from NA this week uh, with the two offenses being in the finals, right? Or do you think it was just kind of how it went? Um, I think this is a very interesting time for North American Rocket League. I know uh, a few shows ago we talked about is NA going to become, I think we had Sizz on for this one. We were talking about how is NA going to become the joke region with everybody moving over. Um, you know, is NA Rocket League going to develop its its style and be able to compete internationally and i think the opposite's kind of happening i think na is the most competitive region right now there's so much competition happening here that only the best teams are going to be performing and i'm mm -hmm. seeing a massive shift in play style for the teams that are, that are doing well um i think it's why gen g just suddenly made a grand final i don't think a lot of people predicted them to be where they were Absolutely um, not, yeah. especially with how they looked in quals but they they play possession focused it's sort of take the ball from them successfully and actually set anything up. And every time you go for the ball, you just get beat to the side or you you may beat them, but then you get bumped off of it. And the ball just keeps going back to Gen G players while it keeps going back to phase players over and over. And when you do get your one chance to shoot, it has to be perfect. And that's why you saw teams like SSG, Optic, V1, like they're just taking shots and they're hitting post, hitting crossbar. <laughs> they, they, they know the pressure is on them to take the perfect shot. And they don't get many opportunities, so they just end up messing it up. Yeah, it's really difficult with the way FaZe is playing today in order to have consistent offense. It felt like, you know, from what you could see, Genji in particular was just on the back foot the whole time. Now, I wonder if the European play style combined with an NA play style, I always wondered if that was going to be, you know, a formula for success, right? Because, uh, not not to talk about Genji a little bit more than FaZe, but... When you have the play styles of European players who predominantly, you know, are okay with playing off of pads, as you and, you know, Crow and I know, and they're comfortable being on low boost, they, a lot of times European players would rather stick in the play than go for a big boost. 
Whereas NA is kind of different where a lot of times NA players will just favor the big boosts and would rather be comfortable in those scenarios than, than stay in the play with lower. And I wondered if that kind of inhibited Gen G, the finals, a little bit. Because it felt like typical um, in particular, I mean, I'm sorry, first killer in particular was just upfield taking boosts a lot of times. And Gen G would retreat back on defense and be like, oh yeah, we have our corner boost, it's not a big deal. And they weren't there. And it just led to a lot, a lot, a lot of fake pressure, typically from first killer. And I just felt like Benji never really had a chance. Like you said, they had to have those tiny windows where they perfected being able to score. And I just felt like they, they couldn't do it today. Uh, it was just something about the phase matchup that was difficult for them. And for me, I thought it was the deal. Yeah, that that also led to them getting demoed. I mean, FaZe scored so many goals, just open nets, full field by demoing the third man. I mean, first killer is running around taking boost, staying at top speed all the time. Players think they can rotate back and grab a boost. They get demoed by first, and now Genji, you know, Noli and Chronic look back. They're like, oh, Jack, where are you? And it just it rolls in. He's dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, when you're, when you're so comfortable with staying in the play as a ones player... Um, you know, some, I mean, sometimes, uh, you can just get caught with low pads and not really expect the pace that, uh, FaZe play at. And it's, it's not just the pace that they play at also, kind of just like how well they just stick to the ball. It, it's almost like they have gum and they're just attached. Like right. every time first killer goes up, he'll beat one player and it's not just the beat. It's also that he follows it for a 50. And then sometimes he'll beat the player and get a 50 and then land after it and do it again. And then, then he lands on your boost. Then he bumps your third. Yeah, exactly. And at, at a certain point, Mist can walk in and just like get a free goal. And yeah. <laughs> that, that kind the of thing, right? Yeah. The, the phase dynamic now, I think without AJ, um, I was worried that phase just wouldn't have enough offense. But mm -hmm. um, first is on the ball just a lot more now, it looks like. But these like second supporting person is now typical typical is finally not stuck waiting for aj and first to take all the boost do him something mechanical and hope it works and if it doesn't work you know his job is now clean up and buy time now that's miss job now and miss made some incredible saves during this regional but you know uh it may be like new for miss to be jumping with this team but mist and typical have played together before uh, it was a while ago but they are familiar with each other. Well, and yeah. all they have to do is let first go for the ball. And yeah. it really does showcase just how good I think first killer is. Not that anybody forgot, but he can do like 80 to 90% of a team's offense if you let him. He totally can. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. It, just the amount he can stay on the ball is so impressive. And it just opens up so many lanes. Um, but uh, the thing I wanted to ask is, is Miss the answer for FaZe? Everyone's been looking for because that was the big question mark coming out of the offseason was, you know, FaZe got rid of AJ. Um, Rettles and, and FaZe were the two big roster men, I think, Space Station. And FaZe obviously not only dominating this regional, but I, but I think, you know, you know, coming out the victor. And I, it also is Mist looks really good. Um, and as someone who's known Mist a long time, I'm super happy for him because just he's always been such a talented player, but he but he hasn't really stacked up the wins that you'd expect a player of his caliber to kind of stack up. And and now after um, you know some 
tinkering. He find, finds himself on this phase roster. They come in after the, a questionable offseason. And people questioning the roster, questioning results. Boom. Instantly, first regional phase pull out the win. And not only did they win, it was in dominant time. Um, you know, yeah, it was 4 2, 4 1, 4 1. That was it. Yeah, they lost in Swiss G2, to G2, right? Yeah. Yeah, 1 3. But then, then they clapped them right back in semis 4 1. And that was literally just first killer deciding, okay, we're not going to repeat Swiss. I'm just going to score eight double touches. <laughs> yeah, I think also um, without, uh, you know, focusing on Mist more than the guy he replaced in AJ, I think Mist in terms of play style for those wondering, um, comparatively to AJ, is way more defensive, uh, way more patient, unless I'm going to put it on you and, and see what you can do. AJ kind of takes the ball and just brings it towards you with all kind of threat. You know, he, he and he, you're like, oh, what's he going to do, all this stuff? And then um, he kind of goes all in a lot. I feel like Mist, a lot of the time, he's way more patient. He's able to read the play. He thinks that he's more defensively um, minded, I think. You know, like if he's given an option of aggressive or passive, he uses the passive one. Um, and when you combo that with Sipical, who's also of similar play style, I think you just have a lot of midfield control. Like the old NRG roster used to have, Cam, you know how played NRG, it was really difficult to just break out of defense. I, I think FaZe kind of took that and, and are now applying it to them. You know? Like, yeah. yeah, everyone on that, on that team looks like they know what the, what their job is, I guess, and nobody's really going too all-in. Um, first killer is allowed to go all-in if he wants, but honestly, he's, his recoveries are very good and his boost management's very good, so he's never really out of the play too long. <laughs> and I think the biggest step up for me on that team, on FaZe, is, is Sipical's like awareness and how comfortable he looks now because before he was always it always kind of looked like he was the one making the bad touches that led to, to goals against phase when he was with aj and first killer but now he's not confused i think mist under understands not to be like crowding typical space and typical knows when first is done with the ball so typical has full 100 confidence to make the plays he wants to make and i mean you know he's he scored quite a few nice goals um, quite a few mechanical goals uh, this weekend. Not not just first killer popping off, but typical really really put in some work on the offense. Yeah, typical looks completely different. He looks like the old sip that I know and love. Just like this guy that's just always on the ball. He's always in the play. Has he had the thing about typical that makes him so difficult to play against is his decision making. Always seems to let you make one more touch, and you're like, oh, this guy's just letting me on the ball. But but when he allows you to make the touch, it's for his favor, uh, and, and he he seems a lot more confident. I mean, did you see the? You had to have seen the shot that he hit this weekend. He like went up, hit it off the corner wall, landed on the ceiling, jumped off the ceiling, slammed it into the net 100 miles an hour. That was one of the best goals I've seen in a long, long time, and it was typical doing it. Really, not the player you pick. Typically. Yeah, yeah, you'd pick you'd pick someone else every yeah, single time. Yeah. They all do. And that that's what's very, very scary about this. I didn't think it would click this fast. Because FaZe all of last year, right, Cam? We talked about this team that was just a monster that could just go in and win world championships. Uh and, and it was just the team that never was, right? Like they just they kept getting fourth, regional finals, all that stuff. Then you come in the roster change, it's controversial. 
missed a, a player that's had mixed results. You put all that together, they come in, they just dominate. And for me, is Miss the answer? So far, you have to say, yeah, he is the answer. I mean, I'm right? I'm not really surprised that they immediately start performing better. Um, my thing with FaZe is always that after a roster move, um, I mean, and this is definitely like a first killer thing, right after a roster move, his team does better. The question is, how long will that team continue to do well? Because it's over time where results yeah. start to wane a little bit, and that that bond between players of trust gets stressed and it starts to bend and this kind of happened last season with phase you know they they got rid of illusion for aj even though they had been doing just fine with illusion that mm. trust bond and that synergy on the pitch started to bend and bend and bend until it eventually broke and phase just were never the same team they were at the very beginning of the season so that is the ultimate challenge for phase sure. I think. And they've set themselves up for great success. They've proven how good they can be, but they need to focus on longevity. They need to decide, okay, it, just because we have one bad event or even one bad major, we're just we're not going to be on each other about it. Just go back to what worked. You know, trust that that's how sure. good you can be. Yeah, I, I agree with those points. Um, and, and, you know, chat only Ray saying, yeah, phase one, regional one last season. I mean, that is true. That is true. I do think, though, that this is somewhat of a different beast um, because it's missed we're talking about. And I know that, you know, one player isn't that that big of an impact. Or maybe too big a lot of it. I don't think so. I, I think missed for me, I'm really excited for, for First Killer and the boys because it, it, it feels like a lot of teams go with this formula of two aggressive players, one defense. And not that Mist and Typical are both defensive players, but I would categorize them as all-around players. And I, I really want a, a roster of two all-around players plus one, like, psycho. I, I'm going to call First Killer a psycho. He's I mean, like, yeah, he's, you can't stop him from doing what he wants to do with the ball. He's like yeah. in inhuman mechanical skill. It's crazy. I and mean, James so Bot on broadcast better. literally, like, made a meta, not a metaphor, but compared first's ability to like borderline cheating like first killer is a cheat is. code like we should check this guy's pc i think he was talking about it during the g2 game or something but it was hilarious because james was totally right like the kid is inhumanly good he, he is it's really it's shocking to watch because watch pros from other matches or like i was watching oxygen this weekend i think they're they're an amazing team that's europe for now Talking about NA right now. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll yeah, get well, to that. NA, uh, NA right now, I think first killer, he just amazes me because of, it's not just the fact of, of his control. It's how many times he can get to the ball with 100 deuce. He does it more than anyone else. And, and it's really difficult to explain to people who aren't a pro. But just, like, 100 boost isn't a lot when you're on the ball. And he makes it seem like a ton. Uh, like he stretches that 100 boost farther than anyone and when you have someone like that who is comboed with two players who i think read the game better than anyone in north america would miss like like if you were to say maybe karma or, or i'll ask you the the question mm -hmm. who are the if you had to pick three of the best all around like better defenders i i'd say shading toward defenders but more all around midfielder defenders for the top three in na because I, like, I, hmm. I'll finish the point after you. <laughs> yeah, 
So this is people who aren't necessarily those goal line saviors, but they're the people that are able to like lock down midfield and control the ball and keep the ball safe and then get the ball back in the play. And just like I would say, who are the best controllers of the game in North America? Mm. Like players, I mean, like an example would be I would say Torment would be right. Um, you see, I don't think he would. I no, think you don't think he's up there. I think he has incredibly strong challenges. Like he's he was a brick wall um, in their one series. Like I'm pretty sure he didn't lose a fifty, but he's not on the ball enough to be controlling possession twenty four seven. It's just not his job on that team, and it's not his play style. He he makes touches and shuts down momentum from the other team to then hand it off to someone to pick up said momentum shift. Um, I I think uh, players that are better at just constantly controlling things um normally like daniel I, I think daniel is just he's impossible to get him off the ball like to get rid of him um Daniel's crazy he's first killer junior yeah and then obviously i'd have to put first in there as well because he's permanently on the ball i think i think aj is actually a great shot when aj is playing super well it, he's just he permanently is going for the ball but he's prepared for everything you're going to challenge him with so like every 50 goes his way um every challenge he manages to land on boost and keep the ball um i think okay, optic so let is me still rephrase struggling the question i don't think i phrased it properly mm -hmm. who are the top three i would say midfield slash defensive players in na right i'm talking about like missed style players my point is <laughs> and you can correct me if i'm wrong if you mm -hmm. were to name the three best defensive players in NA, I think it's Torment, Miss, Typical. And two of the three players are on one team, right? Got them on phase. And then to boot, you have First Killer, who's a cheat code. Literally, like, he looks like he's hacking. And when you have players like that, this was the hype that I had for phase last season. This was this team that I thought we were last season. Um... And it started out the same way, right? Okay, so chat pointed out to me, Karma, calm down. They won region one last season. This happened already. No, but to me, this is different a little bit. It was the way they won. It was it was how they looked when they played. It was Gen G on the back foot 24-7 of that final series. Lucky to even bring a game out. It was them, you know, uh, how they looked in Swiss. Yeah, they dropped to G2. But it was dominant the entire weekend for Faze this week. I, me, I don't I think Faze are invulnerable. Mist is the answer for me right now. I'm my Maybe. Faze up. I don't know how to do it. Damn, I don't, I you think can't. It, you, you literally can't I say can't Faze up it. and not be able to do the thing. You, you give, give your best Faze up. Is that it? <laughs> I'll figure it out. Give me a second. You need to hear. I'll, I'll make my point. You need to go on Google Images and look up how to do Faze up. Okay. But. Yeah, how do you? <laughs> I think that Mist may, might be the answer. Might. We'll have to see. <laughs> I want to see more than one split of FaZe doing well to really fully believe in them just because of their entire history um, last season. I'm on the train, baby. True, true. Also, the, the train is leaving the station, Cam. I am on <laughs> it. Mist is the answer. I'm all for it. I, I think FaZe also are very susceptible to just having a team bump 
bump them like crazy. Nobody tried to get physical with FaZe. I think teams were so focused on what are we doing for this first regional that they didn't realize half of beating FaZe is just shutting them down. You don't even have to play that well. You can just mess them up and then they'll get they'll get they'll get tilted or something like that because they're they're so focused on doing everything perfectly that the moment you throw a wrench into the plans, it's almost like I think like sometimes FaZe plays down to their opponent occasionally. And you can definitely leverage that. And teams just did not leverage that at all. And that might happen as time goes on, especially now that everybody is going to be looking at FaZe, going, this is the team to beat. We need to prepare they for are, them right? now. Yeah, they, they have the a massive target on their back now. Yeah, 100%. Target's on the back. They they announced themselves. They're like, we're FaZe. We're here. We won the regional. We beat the EU wannabes. The NA players, get them out. Second place. Send them back to Europe. That. Yeah, yeah. Send them back and back. Chronic as well. I mean, I thought, it, speaking of Gen G, um, um, you know, because we have talked about for, real quick before we finish the first, uh, I mean, the phase talk. I want to switch mm -hmm. the topic. I had is missed the answer. Now I want to talk about, you know, how good of a coach is rolled in. Uh, and, and something I want to harp on a little bit about is let's talk, let's go all the way back to when they signed him. Okay? So they were having a, they were struggling all last season. Everyone knows FaZe is pretty okay? They're, They've been touted as world champions or bust, which is fair. That's how much talent they have. I think that's a bit high of a critique, but I'll say it's fair. So uh, they picked up Roldis heading into the world championships. After struggling all year, Cam, do you think they did better at Worlds with after they picked up Roldis as compared to the year? <clears throat> I mean, Worlds didn't really feel like there was enough time for Roldis to make any differences. Um, they okay. still look the same as they always had against G2 on stage on that last day. But I think now that Roldis has had more time, that he's really fit in well and brought not only a good mind for the game and strategy, but also a great environment, a great personality, <laughs> somebody to break those silences keep people focused, a sense of authority on the team, like someone to look up to. I think Roldiz is like the perfect fit for FaZe. And that's why they bounced back against G2. They lost to them in Swiss, but FaZe came back in the semifinal absolutely swinging. And I think that may or may not happen, you know, without Roldiz being there. So I, I think it is quite the roll diff. Not going to lie. <laughs> the roll diff, yeah. I'm going to bring up uh, the bracket for us here just to talk about it a little bit, chat. Um, switch up things a little because I know my it's a little bit of a soft stream today. I'm trying to work with the graphics. But, you know, for, for me, I, I think Rold is, uh, was it, was it, I was doubting him at first. I'm not going to lie. I was like, okay, Rold is, he just stopped being a player. Instantly going to transition into a coach. How is it going to look? Yeah, you know, I think it would be really difficult for me personally as a player to just instantly roll. And and I did have my doubts. Of course, not with his personality. I mean, I think he. I mean, he's done it before, though. He he has. Um, that's true. Um, but I I, I don't know. It he was you know I thought that the analyst stuff that he was providing was really good. And to switch over from an analyst to a coaching role is definitely a change, especially when you're joining. You're not just joining any roster, you're joining FaZe, which I feel like FaZe brings a lot of pressure. Um, of course. I thought 
they did look better in that world championship. I know there wasn't much time, but it felt like it was a little different from the regionals that they played. Now, they have so much talent that you can argue it didn't look different, but I feel like now throughout the offseason, um, I think that just Roldis has been a really good ad for I think since he's been added to that roster after calling for a coach all of last season, specifically for me, I'm big on coaching, uh, to, to see Roldis step into those shoes and everything, I thought was fantastic. I think he's looked really good. I think that uh, FaZe ha has looked really strong. And, you know, I just want to give a shout out to Roldis. I, th I think that he's done a really good job coaching. I think his personality seems to be meshing well. I don't know if you caught it. Um, but when they did the timeout, the, the timeout, yes, I really wanted to talk sleeping. about that. Yeah, that was the whole base plan team was sleeping. Um, I, I think that, you know, that's, um, a good sign for things. I think he's bringing a little bit of fun. I thought, I saw first killer smiling, laughing. Um, yeah, to do that in the grand final, you know, to really have the energy <laughs> up there. Yeah, and also typical... because I was a little worried, typical hit that insane shot, and instantly I look at the player cam, and he's stoic. It's like he's made of stone and he scores like I would be freaking out if I hit that in RLCS. Typical's like they don't even first killer didn't react it's like, oh, OK, they're focused. But then in the finals, you know, they're winning. It's a totally different team. They're sleeping on the cameras. They're confident. You know, Cam, they're having a good time. Um, I, I thought that change in dynamic from from phase being stoic in the semis to the finals where they looked like they were smiling, confident was a big thing. I, I just credit that to Roldis. Yeah, and, and that, that really helps them in the long run, you know, to have those, like, yeah. really good moments or to have someone who, even if, like, let's say they're losing that grand final, they can still have a little bit of fun. Um, mm -hmm. It's not, like, it, it, where it gets so serious where, where people, like, communication breaks down and trust breaks down. So Mist could be the final puzzle piece, and maybe Roldis is the one to keep these puzzle pieces interlocked for the whole season. But... They need more results for me to hop on the phase train. I'm not phasing That's up fair. until they win like two regionals or like maybe uh, maybe a major. Then I might phase up. But for now, I sleep just like just like they did in the timeout. I sleep. I'm... All right, Cam still needs to be on the train. I'm all bored. Uh, I'm excited. Um, and you know, speaking of phase, I think we're gonna switch topics a little bit now. Um, we have talked about you know phase. Congratulations to them on their win. They were fantastic. Uh, what should we talk about now, kid? Do we want to talk about the AJ I, move and, and talk a little bit about that and the impact, or should we focus on... Uh, I, I wanted to, to cover the other side of the grand final, actually, with Gen G. Um, okay. Specifically, I wanted to talk about Chronic a little bit because this is his first ever grand final. Um, for people that have been following North America for a while, Chronic isn't really necessarily a household name in threes. He played a lot of like 1v1s, I would say, not like back in the day, but a, a while ago. And he was doing lots of open qual runs during like, this was like RLCS X time, I think was when Chronic, the last time he was pushing up in like notability. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, to, to me anyway, out of nowhere, he's playing with Jack and Noli and he's in a grand final on the RLCS broadcast. And I think this is just a meteoric rise for Chronic. And I think it's it's been a long time coming for him. He's always been a talented player, especially in like 1v1s. His skill is very apparent. But for him to really fit in well with Noli and Jack, and, you know, he, he has a presence on that team. Multiple times, he's MVP. And I'm pretty sure, you know, because we have that fantasy league going, I'm pretty sure he accrued more fantasy points than, uh, than Jack. <laughs> so I think... I wouldn't doubt it. I think he's... Yeah, he did. He's got... 
He's got really great um, goal line capabilities, I know, from playing twos of them, where I just, like, you know, I, I mess up, and it's just, ah, we're getting scored on, and Karate just comes out of nowhere. Makes it... um, also, chat, if you want to call in and voice your opinion with us, um, maybe add in a, an opinion of your own for us to talk about, feel free to join our Discord. It's in the chat. Um, hop in the live voice channel, and uh, we'll drag you guys up so you can join in on the conversation with us for a little bit. Um, so feel free to do that if you want. But as far as, like, Chronic, for sure, I agree. I think I think Chronic is deserving of an opportunity. I, I'm someone who has been in favor of picking up um, unproven, I would say, unproven players with potential. That was just something we always did on the Splice roster. Yeah, just um, give them a shot. Yeah, so I, I, I'm a big fan of, you know, giving giving players potential. I think Chronic's a perfect perfect player to take a chance on. And I, I do think he will grow over time. Um, I do think Gen G struggled today with FaZe um, in particular. I, I don't think that they struggled earlier. It felt like kind of the apparently Jack show, uh, which like... Yeah, Jack was hitting every single ball i remember yesterday during the semifinals, there was a time where i was kind of just like live commentating in my head and i kept saying and jack cuts for the ball with no boost he cuts for the ball oh jack's going again oh he hits it again yes. oh he fifties it oh he's still going and then he, he he was cutting off literally everybody i swear jack was trying to free train yesterday in a threes game yeah like 100 percent, and that was kind of what led me to the point of the boost management because of a point you're making i noticed the same thing and i, I was just curious how that play style would match up in North America, because it's something I've just always wondered on. And it, in land, it's not as hard. I mean, it's not as easy to be like, oh, that's a factor. Um, online, though, you know, they were in boot camp. That was their first regional together. They're a new team. thought that they overperformed in terms of Gen G. I didn't expect them to come in and with as limited practice as they had, um, you know, make second place. You, have, you guys have to keep in mind, th this team didn't, form until what like two weeks before the season began they were yeah they, they've on been contract <laughs> negotiation like having to move all that yeah. like jack's only jack and only have only been in north america for like two and a half maybe three weeks yeah Pops. extremely impressive to come in second for me um you know they're playing out of toronto stuff like that. i thought so, so is this just a peak or will they continue to prove to be like a top four top two team in north america I'm somewhat biased. I hold EU players oh. uh, to a higher higher standard. I think that they'll be back. Um, I, I, I honestly think that um, I've been a big fan of Jack for a while. Just to, more as a content creator than a player. I didn't really... I mean, obviously he's extremely talented. But for me, I just fell in love with like his ones videos and stuff like that. Um, in terms of threes play, I, I have to admit I'm somewhat uneducated on him. But after this weekend, I mean, I think it's it's impossible to say. It's it, like the way that he is able to find angles for things is really weird or like how he's just always on the. Ball. Yeah, just, it's it's the possession oriented gameplay. I mean, when you have once players like Chronic and Jack combined with, you know, Noli, who's like that mechanical, he can hit the peak shots. Um, I actually thought Noli was the one who was having the hardest time figuring out what his what he that. should be doing on that team. And I think it's why on defense, FaZe were just smothering them because 
Genji couldn't get out. They couldn't get the ball to Noli from to do something. Noli couldn't get the ball to Jack, to Chronic. It was always like Chronic and Noli stacked in net. They make a bad touch, it's over. So yeah. the possession-oriented gameplay from Chronic and Jack is is really, I think, the correct way that the Rocket League meta is going because I'm, we're seeing it with SSG, with Daniel and LJ just constantly having possession first and typical, constantly holding possession. And as long as your pace is quick enough and you can manage boost, you have options. The more possession you hold as a team, the more options you get over time in a game and the more shots you will get to take. And you can get creative with those too as long as you have possession instead of having to take your one in 10 shot that the other team allowed because they messed up and right, hoping that how, it sticks. Exactly. You create possession thing is how many opportunities you create in the time you have which obviously the more time you have the ball and the more time you have first killer on your team, you can have a shot like every 30 seconds pretty much. Right. Uh, so I think Jack just sometimes was holding on to possession a little too long or didn't realize that like it was time for him to give possession to his teammate. Um, and it was also just hard to beat FaZe on some of these challenges. Like they were just stealing possession quite often. So I think Genji do have a little bit to figure out if they want to have a similar performance next regional. But the building blocks are there, but they, they really need to perform better, I think, if they want to place in the grand final again. Because so there were definitely cracks there, and they definitely showed. Yeah, I'm surprised the Space Station admit, game was so one-sided, though. Yeah, I was about to say, um, the Space Station series really shocked me. Because when I, I... I was really focused on the grand finals today. It just felt like Genji really struggled to keep possession against a team like FaZe, where all three players were able to make multiple touches and were comfortable on low boost. We flipped that, and I know I've mentioned it a bunch of times, but Gen G seemed like they were not comfortable on low boost, especially on defense against FaZe. And and when you take that and you apply that to the space station matchup, I'm very I was very surprised to see it go opposite in Gen G four one. LJ held to zero goals, zero assists. Um, which is something that, uh, not not looking good for sorry, my fantasy right assists. now. Not oh. zero assists, zero goals for um, which in five games of a semifinals, if you're holding LJ to zero goals, obviously you're going to be doing great things. So for Gen G, I think the move to NA, total success for them, right? I think that they have to be brimming with confidence after their performance, which I'm sure they're happy with. But the finals performance, I will say, it did scare me a bit, Gen G. It felt like they were completely outmatched. It yeah, they had no answers. Even in the 4-1, that one game, I realized that they ended up taking it. But for the most part, it was them just scoring a counterattack. And, and I realized it speaks to their defense. Yes, they held phase off the entire time. But nowadays, you can't really just play defense. It, 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 there's, like, there's a lot of things that are factors in, um, in Scoring goals, possession, all that stuff. And I, and I feel like just the way that FaZe is controlling that matchup, Gen G are going to score. Yeah, teams but, just don't overcommit as much as they used to. Like, they, they know they don't have to yeah. go all in. They'll score eventually once they get enough boost. Yeah, exactly. So, for Gen G, I think that they're extremely proud of the second-place finish. As they should be. Oh, they I should be Moving here happy. to NA and, and putting up a result like that is an extreme W. Especially after all their... Hopefully, I'm not leaking anything. It was a long process. The contract situation, I think Jack touched on it a bit publicly. Um, but it wasn't an immediate thing, them being able to come here and scrim and stuff and chronic on high ping. I've scrimmed from EU to NA. It's not fun. 
Uh, I've also scrimmed from NA to EU. Also not fun. The ping is yeah, no. That's like 90, 110 ping. Yeah. On a good day. Yeah, so for, for Gen G, I, I think all around it's a win, even though they lost. Um, FaZe, FaZe, I think, showed, though, they're the team to beat right now. Um, but, you know, going back. For now, we'll for see. For now, working our way backwards um, in the bracket, I'm going to go ahead and screen share it for you all again. I wanted to talk about, um, you know, who got replaced on Fate. And maybe talk about AJ a little bit, Cam. Uh, talking about the Optic performance. Um, yeah, that Optic Space Station game was a bit rough Optic this, for this Optic. Um, I thought Optic... In, in total, they, not just AJ. They, I mean, Optic looked good. You can tell they have a bit of synergy. I think Magic Bear still has a lot to prove. Um, he makes small little tiny lapses in judgment and that half a second of making no decision like just gets them scored on sometimes like someone's staring down magic bear magic bear's like i'm driving you know woo oh hey a ball and before he can decide what he wants to do with it someone just shoots it over his head or like just shoots it past him <laughs> um or wins the 50 on him and it's like magic bear sometimes falls asleep at the wheel but when he's on the ball he's he's incredibly good so i think Optic needs to focus on being just a little more consistent with, with their challenges, but they have a ton of potential. And that Space Station series in the quarterfinal, honestly, Space Station were on another level. Space Station probably wanted to win that match so badly. Yeah. <laughs> Arsenal's camera, every time Space Station scored, he was screaming, popping off. It was like watching yes. a ranked stream of his. He was just nonstop energetic every, every time Space Station was winning. And Optic could not score anything. They were hitting posts, crossbars, other players, um, Space Station, any shot that was actually in was getting saved. Every pass, no matter how good, AJ could hit a double flip reset pass to mid, and <laughs> Arsenal would come sweeping in and, and stop the shot, or Daniel would come in and block the pass. Space Station just read everything yeah. about Optic. And maybe Space Station or the Optic Kryptonite, honestly. It, it kind of yeah. looked like that to okay. me, because then Space Station didn't know what to do against Gen G. Yeah, but it could also be like we're Optic lucky to be there. I mean, I don't mean. Nah, to I don't say think so. I think Optic are a top eight team. Like that, but did you see the complexity series? I mean, that I I gave credit to Optic for winning the series, um, but Cole, Cole shouldn't have lost. I, I'm gonna be real. I, in my opinion, I don't think Complexity should have lost that series in any way, uh, especially with the way it ended. I felt for Complexity real bad. I don't know if it was the nerves or whatever. Optic. They had all the momentum. They were doing the reverse sweep thing. They were putting in, you know, great saves. Like, Cole was putting on pressure, pressure, and Optic had great defense. Um, and I thought that, you know, were Optic lucky to be there? I don't think so. I think they earned it. But, uh... I mean, they had to go to nine-minute OT with complexity There was that, in game And the four. way it ended, too. Cole bumped each other, like, mm -hmm. and left an empty net after tons of pressure the whole game. Like, they should have won game five. They should have scored. They didn't. And it should have is a big word. But when you take that into consideration and then Optic come in to the space station, you know, after struggling against Cole, I wasn't surprised that Space was dominant. But I'm not on the same camp as you. I don't think Optic are a top eight. Uh, what do you think makes Optic a top eight? 
Other I mean, than the fact that they came in top eight <laughs> for the first. Well, digital. the other thing is, OSI Space Station was so one-sided against OverOptic because there was the zero-second goal by Daniel in Game One. They ended up losing that game. They, Optic were supposed to start the series with momentum and got it totally ripped from them by Daniel's zero-second heroics. But Optic just—they have three very strong players, and it kind of fits. I guess the the way is it's like Magic Bear and AJ constantly on the ball. Rettles supporting. Um, you can basically send Magic Bear to a ball or send AJ to a ball. Either way, they should do fine. I think there's a ton of mechanical potential. They they just have to. They have a few rough edges. I think Magic Bear's potential is that's a good way been slept on for a very very long time in the scene in North America. I think he's a very very good player, but he's the one that needs to be the most consistent one on the team. For Optic to do well. I also think Optic would have actually placed better. They just, their shooting was off this whole week. Like, just lots of shots that needed to go in that would hit post. Yeah. Um, open nets that, you know, like, there's a defender, but the whole left side of the net's open. They just have to place it correctly. And players of this caliber always do. Except Usually. this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I think they, they, they play the right way. They just didn't execute very well this week. And I'm expecting them to execute better next regional yeah i think they're also under the same thing of a lot of pressure um yeah the vibes are all good because you're on optic but you know things are sort of get a little bit too excited maybe and then you start to feel it a bit with roster you're in texas you're out of your element right you're they were boot camping which is great i think there is a boot camp buff so i'm not saying that the negative but i'm just saying it's different um I don't know if anyone gets to make excuses on, you know, things being different with your team when Gen G move entire yeah, that's true. countries and dominate, <laughs> you know? Right, yeah. exactly. Well, eh, Fury didn't really do that well, though. No, but, like, more on the optic thing, I don't know if it, you know, you guys mentioned Magic Bear, and I don't know if it's Magic Bear or is it AJ. And, um, you know, and I'm not saying that it's either one of them. I, you know, it could be a team. I I just, you know, I'm a big AJ fan. I love AJ. I just, you know, I worry a bit about um, the cohesiveness of the rosters he's on simply because of his profile. Uh, similar to, you know, um, First Killer as well that has had, you know, that question mark, right? Which is like, can their play style work at, at a high level in threes because of how, how much it requires... Um, the word i'm looking for i mean consistency i guess is the word but like when you're as good as aj and you can go to every ball all the time like it, it, i feel like it, it's kind of difficult you know for um decision make like lines of decision making as a team when you have someone so I, I just wonder you know is magic bear getting caught up in all that is it is it hard to play with players who are you know up a level to what he's used to? not too yeah. rude to magic bear but he has been perpetually like outside the top ten. Now you're coming into a team with two players who are top four, right? And you're you're being shoved into this, you know, top four play style, and it might just be too much for him right now. Um, and, yeah. and, you know, not really like a play style type of thing, Cam, but more like uh, just an environment situation, kind of getting accustomed to the the pressure, the speed of play at that level in those situations. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, and I, I I agree with you on a lot of that. And m my question for Optic, and I guess hopefully I, the players are looking at it this way, is with 
Rettles and AJ, is Magic Bear the one gluing them together? Or is Rettles gluing AJ and Magic Bear together to connect, right? Like, who is that one I think Magic that Bear's trying will to glue. allow things to work, right? And I don't know if Magic Bear is the type of player that is is that that cohesive, bring everyone together, be that middle ground where he doesn't get to do 100% of everything he wants, but he does everything he needs to do, right? I feel like that's more of like a Rettles thing, and that's kind of what he was um before when he was on ssg he was the glue between daniel and arsenal so yeah i, I really wonder what optic um what, what the players are going to do and what their thought process is for for play style or at least focusing on on which players need to do what yeah i think it's an interesting yeah. question um and someone in chat big left says is it sad to say but is i even think reddles is steps that kind of, I'm going to piggyback off that point because that was kind of something I was going to answer with your question, which is Rettles was the glue to Daniel and right, or that was the game plan. But with the way that Rettles and AJ's, AJ plays too, right? Choose, right? Rettles seems to assume this type of support play style, get AJ the ball, I'll do my own thing, but may, mainly I just get AJ. And I wonder if Magic Bear isn't, I don't know. Um, quite consistent enough mechanically to be able to assume the pressure that requires like that type of play style. Uh, of course he has the mechanics. Of course he has all that stuff. It's just, you know, I wonder if the combo of AJ and Magic Bear is enough um, to elevate this team to where they want to be. Top eight for sure. I, I think, you know, I think if in, you're asking in time, me, they is, can be top is four. Optic going to be a top eight team? Yes. I think Optic is borderline top eight right now. I would put. I can't. I can't put complexity ahead of them after this weekend. I have to concede the point. No complexity it, any time. Yeah, it, it's clear that Cole weren't there yet, but I do think that that roster is great, and I thought that they should have beat Optic. Um, in that scenario, they didn't. Um, they pulled a bit of a. I mean that that game four. I remember watching it the nine minute overtime between complexity and Optic. That was like the longest stretch of Rocket League where I watched good plays happen, but it all of that it amounts to nothing. Yeah, exactly. It's like I felt it was the nothing same way. but trading possession over and over, and nobody wants to make oh, a mistake. It was so annoying. It was honestly, I almost fell asleep. But at the same time, you're watching it like, wow, everything they're doing is so good. But like, I don't yeah, care. Yeah, exactly. And it was like, dude, you have a one v one. Go for a bump. Go for something. It was like, yeah, like 50. make the make the winning play. Don't just make the safe yeah. play. And it was like almost anytime someone got on the ball, I'm like, oh, did they have boost? No. They're low 15 it. Like, he has nothing. It's just like, ah, you know, I feel for Cole because they're another team, which is cool that we even get to have this conversation. But oh, yeah. That North American Rocket League is moved, so nice right now. Yeah, another player that moved across the country. And it's just hard to put into perspective, you know, how seriously can you take this regional when you have four teams moving across oceans? Yeah, still adjusting. Euphoria. CRR, Genji. Uh, is there another one in there? I don't think so. So you have three, three of the top eight teams. Or no, uh, two out of the three in the top eight. Cole being the only one. And they lost on a reverse sweep. Not only a reverse sweep, but a 10-minute overtime and then a game five overtime of like... But they were winning before going into yeah, OT. Yeah, and they were winning, so... And they dropped a game to um, Seoul in Swiss. 
It was Soul's think, only win, too. I think Optic are definitely top eight right now. Um, are there any teams, Cam, for you that are top eight that didn't make top eight this year? Um, teams that were top eight, I, but like should have, that, that didn't, but should be top eight? Yeah, teams that you're surprised didn't make top eight this year. Not, not really. Complexity was really the one. Like you could trade out complexity for Optic. I feel like, or maybe complexity for Shopify. I think Shopify really impressed this weekend. That's um, that's Memory Parth two piece. But they went three one through Swiss, only losing to um, to Space Station. Here we go. I got that. Look at that. Look at the graphics. Look at this production switching. I'm yeah, I mean, Shopify did really, really well. And I don't think anybody gave them, like, rated them or gave them credit beforehand for how good they could be. So, I know I definitely underrated them as well. And they, they, they gave FaZe the biggest trouble during playoffs. They, they took two games off FaZe instead of the one from G2 and Gen G. Yeah. I think, I think for me, the only team maybe is that complexity team. I want to say NRG too. Um, but, I I don't think you could put NRG in the top eight. I uh, that's a looks. whole nother discussion. They yeah. uh, they should not be losing that Dignitas game. If they don't lose that, they're fine. Yeah, there's there's one team on here, um, Cam, that we haven't really talked about yet. Uh, and that's and they're a big mover since we're talking about moving countries, and that's Furia. Um, we're gonna get into the Furia discussion a little bit. My one of my favorite teams, the homies down there from Sam. Um, what do you think of the Furia performance this week? I'll leave it open ended for you. Um, hmm. Did they make a mistake coming here to NA? <laughs> Is it too early hmm. to say? I mean, we're making bold claims here, but I'm just gonna frame it to you that way. Did Did Furia make a mistake uh, coming to NA? I think there were a lot of bold fans saying that Furio was going to come over to North America and just it, it dominate like it was a free region. Um, except a bunch of other people did it as well. Furio definitely looked like they were still adjusting to being in North America. They just did not look like they had the same venom that they normally do at these international events. But to be fair... Normally, when you see Furia play North America teams, that's at majors, the most hype event on land, on the stage. That's where these players shine the best. So an online play, I think Furia just isn't going to look as good as they do on land. I think Furia are so much an in-person, like they, they get the hype from the crowd. They oh, yeah. don't really have a lot of nerves on that stage, but that doesn't help you a whole lot in online play. So how much I'm actually it, worried they might not even qualify for a major with how much competition there is. How much of a factor for you is um, not knowing or not scrimming teams often and then playing? So, like, what I'm trying to say is, how, do you, how much of a factor do you think Furia being from Brazil is before they move? Meaning they don't scrim against NA teams all the time. They're not playing you very often. Meet them in majors, right, as a team, and you're like, okay, we know what they're going to do, but you don't play against them, right? So you don't know exactly what they're going to do. You have an idea, but then when you go out and execute it, it needs to be 
It needs to be almost automatic, which is why scrims are so important to the scene. Mm -hmm. Because you create these automatic reactions to how a team plays, and then it becomes like a game within a game, right? But yeah, Furia, well, Furia would they would still lose in their own region to other teams, right. you know? Like they they weren't immune to to losses. People knew what to do against Fury in their own region. So I think you're right. Those were major performances, right? Like, like Furia in majors, top four most of the time, right? That was their major advantage. But now when you move to North America, pure Rocket League. Take all the other factors aside. Pure Rocket League decision was it a mistake? You know, are they costing themselves major spots? Are they costing themselves financially? Yeah, you get a contract bonus. But potentially you're not. Oh, I mean, they're they're definitely making more than yes. I think. Being in North America is a positive move, money wise, so. profit wise, for them. Otherwise, that they, I don't see why they would, um, if it wasn't going to, you know, be profitable for them. But they are allowing teams to like download them and get more familiar with them. And it's a lot harder to qualify for a major in North America than it is. In, in Sam for for Furia, Furia were basically yeah. always going to make the major in Sam, and now they're not guaranteed that. So if they don't come out swinging and maintain like a bare minimum level of hunger to improve while they're in North America, it's just going to be like what happened with Complexity, where they they barely sneak in off of a tiebreaker with SSG to go to a major, and we never see them again. Yep, I. Yeah, it's like a, I mean... That would be a shame to not see Furia majors on land, because you know oh, they would dominate. Oh, a total loss. Yeah, no, total loss if Furia's, Furia doesn't make it. Um, how many spots does that they have? Five? Um, North America gets... Yes. It's five, five... So, phase is one, so that's that spot is taken. So, now there's only four. Out of... I don't know if phase will even be the one seed. I, I need well, to no, see they, regional too. No, but they make a spot by winning a regional, right? Isn't that automatic? Oh, is that, you know, I mean. that might be on me for understanding some of these fine print rules that got added in. No, you could be right. I'm just saying point-wise, I'm assuming if you win one, you pretty much make Oh, yeah, because there's no way FaZe, like, fail to qualify. Right, because I think you get invited back next week, and then the third one is yeah. for teams that only made it to the first two, so I'm assuming that FaZe Auto makes yeah, that, that's kind of the benefit of the format now is teams are going to start building this snowball. Exactly. Because for the third regional, if you didn't, if you weren't doing well in regional one and two, you're just not going to be there. You just don't even get the chance yeah. for points at the major. And I don't, I, I will say this is a bit uneducated on my part. I don't know the point spread. So I'll find that out for you guys for next time. But in, in the event that there's more points in the third regional because it's an invite and you have to make the first two, then teams could technically make up ground, like teams like Furia could make up grounds after not performing. I do think that them making top eight uh, was not a sure thing for Furia, and that they did make top eight was huge for them. Um, if we take a look back real quick, uh, Producer Karma is going to switch. I mean, they, they played a super close set with NRG. Like, the, the teams they beat they to did. get into top eight were Complexity, who were looking shaky, Accelerate, and energy with convincing losses to space station and optic you know it just yeah. they, they were not looking like the dominant furia we know they were looking like the furia treading water yeah they dodged i mean any top arguably the any top eight team they got all they the lost, teams they right? beat didn't make top eight you know right. <clears throat> so they kind of were the gatekeeper in that fashion um i also didn't really oh sorry chat i Actually, this isn't bad to try, Cam. Yeah, it was it was okay. 
Okay, this doesn't look this. Um, I I don't really know um how to take them against NRG. I thought NRG well, looked weird this week, so that win in game five yeah. against NRG, I didn't think Furia looked too. Um, and I I was a bit worried because it does seem kind of like the Yan show a lot of the time. Where it, it relies so heavily on him going up and finishing almost this play that Furia creates. It's almost like Furia creates an opportunity for Jan with 100 boost to get a 2 on 1. And he usually just does it. Like, that kind of seems like what Furia has relied on in NA. Yeah, I didn't see they... that from them in majors and stuff like that. It felt more as time went on, Cam. Don't you feel like a team effort? Definitely. I, I think in North America, focused. no, yeah, they need to incorporate card more into their offense um, when they're playing online. I just think, like you said, it's, it's too much, too much of just one player going up and doing everything. And Kayo has always been the one who's kind of just like gluing card and yawn together to make sure things go smoothly. But card's yeah. a massive threat and he has a lot of pop off potential. I just don't think he got to show it this week at all. And I don't know, I don't know necessarily why. Maybe he wasn't challenging as much as he should. Maybe he was uncomfortable. Maybe he was just not playing his fastest game necessarily. Maybe this was like a feeler regional where they were just trying to make sure they did it. good enough, but they weren't trying to either peak or fall off completely. Because you really just want to make sure for this regional you get top eight. Now you're auto-invited back to the other regionals. You don't have to play close quals anymore. And if you mess up in close quals, there's a chance you don't even make the event at all. So the goal was probably just don't mess up, be top eight, worry about peaking later. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that pretty much is... You stole, you stole the words out of my mouth. I think Furia is not really super worried about this first regional. I think they're more focused on settling in. I hate to keep bringing it up, but moving is really difficult. And, and you guys do have to realize it was last second, a lot of these. Furia landed here like a week before they were supposed to play quals. So expecting them to be in their same form as they were towards the end of an, a complete grind at their homes all all year long, it's a bit unfair to put on them, especially entering a region with a bunch of new teams, um, with a bunch of players that are all in their region, they're confident. Syria is making a transition not only globally in terms of where they're playing, but also complete play style changes. They're teams that they don't play. They've never played half of these teams before. So I think that's a huge factor for them. And I, I think Furia, no, they did not make a mistake. going to kick ass this year. I think they're going to get better as time goes on. I am totally biased because I love that team and I want them to do well. I think for Rocket League, it's huge. Um, I, I am concerned about the play style, but I think that it'll it'll change and they'll get better. I think their coach has a good head on his shoulders. All those players want to win. I know they're grinders. They wouldn't have moved here and, and explored the NA option if they weren't, right? It's a massive challenge to undertake to to yeah, especially insane. since you already saw complexity try it and and struggle really yes. struggle after that first uh, split to do that. So to say okay, we'll, we'll we'll give it a go. We'll we'll walk this road even though we've seen people fall off of it and stumble. Like we'll we'll try it. Like that takes a lot. And they hit they hit the timing really good. I think this is uh, this off season was the best time ever to make moves into Rocket League. So Furia moving to NA, I think it's built on the hype. They have a huge fan base now. Jorby's doing really good streams. If you guys don't see their streams, you guys should check it out. They're they're adorable. Um, and the team is also just 
But yeah, shut up, Yuri. I thought, you know, I, I thought that they underperformed, for sure. But given all the circumstances, to make a top eight, I thought was a W. Raw. Yeah, um, and it's it's just really shaping the NA landscape to be hyper-competitive. Um, and it kind of makes me worried for the, uh, a team that we haven't really talked about yet that I thought looked like a shadow of their former selves, version one. Um, a team that made yeah. no changes and is walking into new rosters like that are now super teams like you know like phase and ssg and then all these other outside region players coming in v1 says we're not going to change anything we got beast mode we're good (laughs) but they weren't they struggled so much in their round one in top eight they just they could not maintain possession of the ball they were the slower team every single time and they, they couldn't even set up plays. It was like they couldn't even get the it ball to beast mode for more than two seconds. I don't know what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't a good look for V1 this week. They limped in. As you guys can see, they limped into um with Furia into the top eight. They weren't. Yeah, like look at that. Strong. Accelerate soul PK. Yeah. They also got handed um arguably a really easy schedule. Uh, you know, playing Axel, yeah, takeaway phase. Um, you know, Shopify is tough. Not gonna write that team off anymore. I had been Yeah, they're on the come up. I had been writing them off. Um, because I, I did not realize how reinvigorated they would look with two um following that roster replacement. We can talk about them in a little bit. But for the version one version one roster, you have to be concerned if you're a V one fan. Um this is the most important regional to date. You make no roster changes. You don't move countries. You have the same roster all off season. This should be a big advantage for teams coming in. I, I, you know, I think if you remain a roster throughout the entirety of the off season, you go to worlds, all that stuff. Um, there's no stress on your players. You're completely comfortable. That, that should be a, a good factor heading in. And they kind of just bottomed think, out this weekend. Do you think V1 after this split? Are going to be at threat to make a roster move if this keeps up? Ooh. Hard to say. Like, if you if you play like that, I think like you if, have that, to if that's for three regionals it. in a row, it's gonna it's gonna to, creep yeah, you in. Have to think about, be, but it's also it's not because of the players. I have to. I, I think all three of those players are talented and are top eight players. Okay? So uh, I'm not calling for anyone specific. But with how quickly and how snowbally the season is, Cam, you have to think about these things fast because you can't afford to take a, a split or even a regional off. You can mess up one regional, maybe. So top eight for top uh, top eight for version one isn't drastically terrible. Yeah, like it, it depends could, on who's it could available. Have been a lot too. worse. It could have been a lot worse. But you also can't wait. And with the roster spots. Uh, I mean, the limited major spots, FaZe already taking one. You're on the outside looking in right now. So the, the teams in right now are Shopify, FaZe, Gen G, Space Station, G2. Did I even say FaZe? I think I did. And there. Yeah, you so got him. That's five. You know, Shopify are contending with you now. Optic are going to contend with you now. Furia. All these teams now that are teams with upside potential, all are going to be contending with you because of how poorly you finished in the first region. Uh, and and yeah. for V1, making majors, I think, is the reason they did not make a change last season, right? 
So if you're going into the season as a V1 fan, you don't make a change. Don't make regional one. Uh, or you don't make the first major. I think you do have to start. Yeah, you, you have to think about it. But then you look at all the options. Um, all Karma's these a free agent. I mean, Karma's yeah. So out same there. here, honestly. She's you know, real like <laughs> beast mode. Come on, we're right here. Let's go. You want squad him? It's like you know, I I don't want them to make a change. That's a roster that I have a lot of heartstrings to, and um, I I you know I admire how they came up organizationally and as players. Now, V1 was not a major org last year, but they they did awesome viewing parties. They've supported their players really well. They've signed great content. As an org, I want them to do well, not to mention all the people involved in the org. Um, and I'll always cheer for Tormi, of course. But, like, you know, for version 1, you just got to wonder what, where the issue lies. Because I thought Torment played well. Um, yeah, there, there needs to be, like, some serious VOD review. I feel review like he's going to be the, the one V1 that's game. pointed the finger at. Because it always is the support really player. I feel like everyone always points at the support player. And it just bothers me. So I, you better not be pointing your I, finger at Torment chat. No, I definitely not. Well this weekend. I, I thought Torment. No, if you watch Torment, um, if you watch the replays, Torment did about everything he could. Especially when he was on the ball. And I think when he was actually on the ball, he was making correct plays to the point where I was going... Can that just be beast mode in Torment's place? Like, Torment was doing everything that beast mode needed to be doing. <laughs> and, but the thing is, like, Torment's got the perfect play. I'm like, how is Torment in this position? But then he he can't do the double flip reset. Like, there was one play where he did yeah, everything right. Thing. He that's got a free thing. ball, and he tried to do a double flip reset, but he couldn't. And in my head, I'm like, well, beast mode would, would hit that. But you have to take that a step further and go, why isn't beast mode in that position? Why isn't beast mode getting the ball? And I'm looking at Beast Mode and Calm for just not controlling the play properly. V1 are a team that you saw this a lot last season. They will just panic, boom the ball, panic, pinch the ball. Beast Mode will just launch the ball to the other team's backboard when he wants time to go get boost, when he needs space to breathe. It just does not work right now. It did not work. All of Swiss did not work, especially against Gen G. It was just a giveaway of possession every single time. I think like the one goal V1 got that looked any good was Calm's full field pinch. And it's just because they <laughs> were panicking and he didn't even need to pinch it. Like he could have just controlled the ball, taken it up the wall. No one was challenging him. And Genji just had a lapse in rotation. It looked nice. And good, good it, play. it was a good Fair. play, but the reason he went for it was incorrect. It was actually just... Very poor decision <laughs> making that style. worked out. Yeah, <laughs> I, I looked at it. I went, I went. That's the wrong play. You shouldn't have scored from that, even though it worked out. Like it was. I honestly think it was the wrong play, and I think V One are are playing their defense completely backwards. Okay, that's interesting. I I didn't get to watch the V One series as in, as intense as I wanted. So I I will admit that for me, um, play style discussion is difficult. I'm gonna watch the replays tonight. But, um, I'm a total nerd for LCS. I like watch everything. I can't help it. <laughs> yeah, this I, reminds I me of the good old days, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I I really wanted to watch V1. I I think I had something person that made me miss most for V1 and one of the space issues. But I watch everything else. Um, but yeah, V1. You know what? I'm gonna throw an idea out there. Um, say NRG continue to be struggling. And the mentality and energy gets worse. And Justin becomes available. 
Yeah, yeah, you're wondering. Is there any you know, team in the top eight right now that should and would take Justin instantly if he became available, or Garrett, or Squishy? Any of energy becomes available. I'm saying Justin because I think Justin, um, <clears throat> uh, for lack of a better word, is still ridiculous and uh, is insane. And I don't know, you know, I. I don't know where the hate's coming from. I see chat right now. People saying stuff about Justin. I mean, I just think it's silly. I think Justin looks incredible, as he always has. Uh, you know, not as dominant as we're used to seeing Justin. Damn, of course. Because yeah, I in think 2019, he was like to... five metas ahead. Okay. Yeah, but Energy oh. as a team have just been struggling. And that's more of a team dynamic thing than an individual skill issue, in my opinion. I think if Garrett right. and Justin were suddenly available tomorrow... Teams would have to seriously it. consider who grabs them because you can't just leave them out there. Like they will perform regardless of who you put around them. The question is, like, which teams so are going to be best team would built for up? them? So would G two pick them up? No. I think G two would look great with Garrett, but I don't know who to. That's the that's the other thing. Now that the scene is so good, I don't know who to take off of these teams. Who would be better? You know, I think that's the thing. I think I don't Garrett think G2 looks great on G two. I think Justin looks great on Space Station, you I'll know, or V one. So if Justin becomes available, I'm gonna go down the list of top eighteen. You tell me. We'll answer yes or no. If Justin becomes available, should should they make a move? Okay, G two. If Justin's available, do they take him? Uh no, I don't think Justin's the right fit for that. You have Cargo Atomic. It's it's too much. You Space need somebody Station back. Answers itself. Yes. What? I think you could change him out for LJ or Arsenal. Daniel what? and Justin combined is stupid good. Are you kidding me? You know, you don't get to touch you the take ball. Pick up LJ and then kick LJ and pick yeah, up Justin. Yeah, well, this is a hypothetical. <laughs> it's Justin Welcome we're to the talking team, about. LJ. Actually, on second or, uh, I said or Arsenal. On second you know, thought. Arsenal could be out too. You never know. Can you make changes like that, though? I don't know. I don't see Space Station doing that. Realistically. No, definitely not. Genji, I don't see. FaZe, no. Shopify, if Justin's available on your Shopify, you have to consider that, right? I don't yeah, but care does how Justin well even want to want to play there? Is this like I mean, what, would memory memory two piece, Justin? You're going from a non top eighteen offense? to a top eighteen. I think the reason Shopify are a top eight team is those three players have been playing together long enough to to build some synergy, and that is more of a, so team that's a no, effort than it is an individual effort. Okay, so you think no for Justin. I don't think Justin should go to Shopify for both of their sakes. Yes. You won with Shopify. Okay. So you think that's an auto, yes. If Justin's like, yo, V1, I want to come join you, they say yo. Justin, beast mode, any third. Yes, that sounds uh, great to me. You're dodging the question, <laughs> Eddie. Thirty says, <laughs> "Okay, I see you, Cam. All right. I mean, I agree. I think, I think if if Justin became available or Garrett or Squishy, I think V1 has to take if they continue to struggle. That's a big asterisk. If they continue to struggle, so I think the team dynamic on V1 obviously is great. They yeah, they like have they, they have a very strong strong bond, lots of trust. Coach, the org likes yeah. them. I think they have a good thing going. And for well, they still made fans, top eight, you know. I would not panic. You can have off regionals. I would not call for a roster change. But if we do go down the line and we do play hypothetical because we are a show, in the event that it continues to tank, and Justin does become available, I think you have to do it. You have to. Uh, 
for V1. And I'm not talking, I'm not going to name who you should replace because it gets into a whole wow. thing. Wow. It, it gets the question. into a whole thing. Well, because, you know, if V1 continued to tank, did, did someone on their team make a move? Player. Like BS1 leaves? Yeah, outright. and then Justin goes to V1 and like, you know, down the line, it, it causes a whole bunch of things. Energy V1 trade. But if everything stays the same and Justin became available, I think V1 should be the number one team. Because they're a team that has shown a top four ceiling mm -hmm. um, with, a, with a floor of eight. Um, and, you know, Justin needs that floor of eight for the ceiling. Yeah, I, I think plus. V1 having a floor of eight is a great way to put it. Honestly, because this they absolutely showed their floor <laughs> this weekend, yeah, but exactly. <laughs> it's still a top eight finish. They still are guaranteed to be in all the other regionals now. So, no, yeah, that's for, pretty good for V1. I'm not worried. I don't think they should make a roster move. I don't think they will. I think they'll write the ship. I think they'll be right in there. Um, and, you know, I think they just struggled this weekend, which there's a lot to change and a lot to adjust to. Yeah, the um, landscape's so much different this time. Shopify playing well. Um, you know, V1 getting shocked by that. I think that's a good for them. Them going to game five with FaZe was impressive, even though they lost. I think that's still very good. But, you know, it, it is uh, worse than what we're used to seeing. They were world championship winners for me six months ago into only being top eight now, which is a drastic change. It is the offseason. It is only the first regional. But listen, this is all we have to go off of, okay? This is all I have to go off of is the offseason, the moves, and this. And V1 right now are not in the spot they thought they'd be. Yeah, we're, we're really picking apart the, the bare bones speculations that we can make we're supposed to, right, right now. Yeah, we're, we're have fun with it. We're taking it as far as we possibly can. Um, you know, and just to, I think, towards, towards the end here, wrap things up a bit. Just quickly touch on um, Optic. Uh, we talked about a little bit, maybe energy and complexity. I know, uh, or any other surprises from the Swiss for you, uh, going back to Friday. PK for me was eye-opening. Um, I realized that they only beat Optic, uh, basically, to set up their run, but they got the gauntlet. They got G2, NRG, Optic, V1, and Soul, who... Soul, to me, is a very underrated roster. Knight, in my opinion, is a top 10 player in NA or close. Um, well, yeah, he's part of that random squad that used to play Astro yeah, tournaments. And Chronic and Two Piece are now on top eight teams. He's the last missing piece. And I think he was the best on the team. Yeah, but he's good. I, uh, maybe uh, my judgment is way off, or maybe Chronic isn't, uh, or maybe Knight isn't as social as his friends, you know, because a lot of the roster moves are full dynamic. Um, but I do think that Soul team is extremely talented. So, uh, you know, Knights beating Optic and Soul, I was really happy for them because Sosa is a player who's been around for a while. That Knights roster, I know that they've been going through it a bit. They've been struggling to put up results. And, you know, this is a big building block for them to come out in Regional 1, put up a name, put up results. That's great for them moving forward. Um, are they legit? I don't know. I don't know. I, I like to think Cheese is legit. I like to think Sosa's legit. Uh, their third is ZPS, which felt a bit like a crutch move to me because it is someone that Sosa had previously with, um, with Alpha Cap and ZPS a while ago. So you're going back kind of to that familiarity. But it worked. They put up results and, you know, it's, it has them feeling comfortable. So I think that's great. Um, but the main topic of NRG, Cam, I'm concerned. I mean, majorly, majorly concerned uh, for NRG. 
I mean, Doc, Dr. Bowmaster and Shai is saying it's a silly combo to have. It's possible for Complexity Energy to get top four next regional. I just don't see Energy getting top four next regional. It's definitely not entirely possible. The last time we saw Energy top four anything was like uh, 2021. I think the Energy top four is possible, but I am so biased. I, I think possible, but probable? No. I, yeah, they have so not. much... They, they have so much ground eight, to cover. I, mean, I don't think top eight's out of the question, and then they take a series. I mean, I could see I, that. I, I think top eight is a good goal for them to have, and they're one game. I mean, away. the thing is, if they get like if they make it to semifinals and just get smoked 4-0, like okay, yeah, you're top four, but really, just about any other team from quarterfinals could could go to a semi and get destroyed. You know, sure, but so, it's progress, right? And for it, the it is progress. It still energy, counts for points too. Yeah, and yeah. For the mental energy, you know, they're in a bit of a spot that I was in with CLT, where like you win, you win, you win, and then you hit this. You know, at least in the rival series, right? You hit this kind of like ceiling where like, oh, you start to get you know dunked on a bit when you play in promos and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. it, it can Expectations just get, are just high for them too. Time. Yeah, and yeah. When, when you're the dominant team, it's real hard to go from dominant to not even in the conversation. It, it it's a it's a big mental hit, and I know that the players force want to win. Um, and there's something to be said about them being the most popular team in Rocket League. I think, uh, you know, there's a lot there, and it and it's a lot to a lot to digest and 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 like pick apart. But for energy, I think a top eight would be a huge start for them. And having them be one game away was kind of crushing. It never felt like they had that Furious series. It felt like what they were mustering together was like great goals, don't get me wrong, but almost like they needed to do that in order to just have a chance. Yeah, like Gar Garrett's crazy double touch to tie the game on Furia was just so peak. But yeah, it was like great. That, that's what they had to do to win. Yeah, they they were playing great. I just and it still wasn't enough. Um, and, and it just, like, it felt like they were outpaced in that Furia match. Um, and I, I just felt, I felt for them a bit. Being so close. It's almost worse. You know? You had the Game yeah. 5, Swiss Match 5 in overtime against Furia. It was a scary team. Um, but then you look at the, NRG did slip up. That Game 5 loss to Dig changed their whole region. I think that that one loss could have flipped the entire thing. Um, we talked about it last week on the show, how Swiss matchups number one for teams that are question marks, which NRG and DIG are, in my opinion, for this regional. They were not a solid number. They weren't top eight, whatever. It was a question mark match. They ended up losing in game five, and that just shaped their bracket. To their defense, I mean, not really their defense, they got three matchups they should win in a row. Lost one of them. And then ended up not making it against the other two top. Eight I mean, teams, which is with more the benefit of hindsight, the Gen G three O looks it makes a bit more sense now. But I think in the moment bit. on the day, everyone's like, "What? How are you getting swept by Gen G?" But it's more. I mean, Gen G just know the right way to play. More the fact that they got Furia, PK, Rogue, and Dig in their five out of four, and still and won two of it. those. Yeah, yeah, and still did because. Make. I'm, they they definitely it's good that they won the rogue game because rogue has stolen wins on energy sometimes and rogue had a very difficult swiss another team that didn't change their roster but they they picked up what two games out of nine yeah so 
So they, they had a rough time. So that they 100% energy should have been winning that. And then they had two three O's in a row. You know, it, it was looking fine. Oh, energy are 2 1. They'll make it in no problem. And they just can't get across the finish line. Yeah. And that was what they struggled with to make major as well. Was uh, Cole in game five, they lost. Um, and the same thing happened to Kyria in game five. Where... Um, you know, for energy fans, you, sh you should be concerned for sure. I think it's valid, but I wouldn't, you know. <laughs> well, they're as not they, out yet. As they had energy an still energy have... stand. They were only one game away. Two mm -hmm. games, actually. Uh, the game five from Dig, I think, completely swings their bracket. Uh, I think that's the reason they got the matchups they did towards the end, which is why you need to win that first one. Teams who lose the first match, apparently other than uh, FaZe, I mean Gen G, really struggle. But look at the teams that win the first match. It's way, way more, like, I just feel like the odds when you win the first one compared to the last one, tremendously in your favorites that first matchup and uh yeah i just think nrg i i still believe i still believe in NRG. i thought that they looked good at this at certain points struggled with other points getting furia I, in round five yeah. is a big big that sucks I, when i saw that matchup i was like oh not again man furia versus nrg my two favorite teams yeah, because it very well could have been Optic, you know? Yep. It or V1. Been optic, could have been V1. Um, could have been any of them. Or Complexity, or Knights. You know, V1 pulled Knights, and Energy Couldn't pulled Furia. Knights. Energy played Knights round three. Which oh, is, you're right. They played them round three. Which is why the first round matchup matters. Because then mm. you play the hard teams through two, three, four. And then if you're a good team, right, and you get to five... After winning the first one, usually you get not a layup match. I don't want to use the word like layup as in three, but you definitely get a favored match in round five if you win that. Right. And they did not. I don't think, I think Furia is a big struggle to anyone. Um, yes, they weren't, they f only finished eighth. However, I think that any, no one wants to play Furia. Who cares? Yeah. Like, it, it, no one That's a qual. And the Gen G loss doesn't look that bad either. It's more that Dignitas one. So, you know, NRG, when you look back at it, they were only a game away from being where I wanted them to be. So, in that regards, I think that they did pretty good this region. Not great. Um, I just... It, now that we have hindsight, because at the time I was scared. Now that we have hindsight, it looks a lot better optically than it that ninth place. So. I, I think that energy, and you, do you agree or not, that... They look better now than they did near the end of last season. Like this off season, they have improved and are, are heading the right direction. Yes or no? Are they still no. they still stuck? Yeah, I think they're still stuck. It's not it's not terms of individual skill. It's more play style. I, I didn't see a dramatic change in what they were trying to do. Individually, they all looked great. I just, the energy play style that dominated for so many years doesn't work anymore. Which is like this midfield that. control into a passing play or into a double touch. Energy was so good at counterattacking and then controlling on offense when they had the chance through the midfield. And they'd always get like, they'd either 
get a ball to float up and then they'd hit a double or do some crazy play off of it or a passing play. And I don't think that it works anymore. I think you need to be able to individually control the ball, beat people individually multiple times, and then drop it into like a scoring position. Whereas NRG, what they do is they manipulate the ball into somewhat of a scoring position. And then they used to be so good at double touching or shooting or passing that it would just be bang in. Nowadays, things are getting covered for them. And they have to do, they try and do these extra passes and think that like, I'm not in the position to score this, so I can make a touch and beat someone for an extra pass, but it's not open anymore. Like, yeah, you get the extra pass, but it's defended. It's not like it used to be where it's free. You know what I mean? Um, it's hard to say, talk about without replays, but it just seems like they're trying to change stuff and they realize that it's changing. They're just not there yet. And I do think they'll get there. They're just not there right now. Um, Gears are turning slowly, I think. Yeah, and next regional, I expect them to do a little, a little bit better, and I think push into that top eight. I would be surprised if they were outside the top eight again next regional. Well, that, that that's when the conversation, the murmurs start to turn into talks. You know. Yeah, exactly. That's that's where you get worried because you're more than you're, you're two thirds of the way into the season, and energy's outside the top eight twice, and you need top fives to go to majors. Then it's energy not at the major again. Yeah, and it's also the story. Mm -hmm. The story follows them. You know, it's been since January. So now, you know, instead of looking at it, you can look at it from the season. But then if you look at it from a month standpoint, this is month 10 now in a row where they have not looked um, at their standard, which falls on the players to, you know, are they comfortable with that? Are they okay not making a major and gutting it out and stuff like that? Is the org okay with not making it? Um, you know, all those things start to start to come into question if they finish outside the top eight again. Because statistically, Cam, I don't know if it's true or not, but outside the top eight, two regionals in a row, you're not making it. Unless you win, maybe. But yeah, you need a miracle out. at that point, yeah. It's pretty much regional winners plus good performers. Or like a consistent, like you, yeah, you have to it. at least always be making top eight, and then you need that that like top four or like top two push to sneak in. It's semifinalists plus winners, right? And um, no, both energy and Cole, who I had maybe sneaking in the top eight out this. I could see yeah. them flip flopping with some teams. Um, I like I said, I think you could have flip flopped op optic and complexity this week. Um. Yeah, I, I thought the that. Optic got somewhat of an easy schedule, I will say. Um, they also flubbed their first match, but ended up bringing it back. Which, again, I, I count as a caveat. I don't think they should have won that series. I think they'd tell you that they shouldn't have won that series. <laughs> but that doesn't matter at the end of the day. They did put it up. So. Well, yeah, now they don't have to go back through closed calls. Energy, complexity, they'll... I think they'll be fine in closed calls. Yeah. We'll definitely see them again. And they're good um, seeds, too. Which yeah. Is huge. So they 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 should be okay. But that accelerate. Well, yeah, I mean they they are always so close, you know. They've been around right. forever. Gimmick Toasty and Ajax, I believe. Yeah, that ro the roster is like so different yeah. now than the one that played all last year. But they've been Org itself has been around for a while now. It's kind of becoming like a consistent name here in these uh, regionals. Yeah, Accelerate, I thought, um, proving the doubters wrong, being there. And I, I, I was really happy for 
gimmick and toasty uh, having done their games last year i think they're a talented squad uh, i had a lot of question marks around ajax that was like a really interesting pickup with it's like a, it's like a comeback almost you know yeah yeah so i was happy for ajax there and to see them perform was great um dig and soul as well Three i think we'll see teams. soul again yeah i think you'll see soul as well i think i i worry for the teams in the close calls because of how well all the teams from the close call did that like you know like the teams who didn't make it i think now we're gonna have tough matchups because of the experience and how well the seeding went for all the close call teams so lg i'm surprised oh three i mean surprised but not really thought that something changed with that roster with alraz and kinte um because typically you know when a roster like that makes this they go oh three but they had shown really well like promises and stuff um ended up not flubbing out a bit this weekend they had two tough matchups optic and g2 so but that's gonna be expected when you're a lower team rogue is concerning uh, after like they yeah. did so well in the close call, which surprised everybody to come out and um, blank is, I'm sure, equally as frustrating. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I think Rogue not making a change really, I think, hurt them a little bit. I do think that roster still doesn't quite know how to do everything correctly together. It's like they have half of the pieces. I just don't think those three players together are like the answer for Rogue to be like a super, super top team. And I, I don't really have any solutions for them either. It's just when I watch them, sometimes everything magically works out and other times nothing works out and it just looks weird and clunky. And I think it's what leads to them maybe popping off in close calls and then being 16th here in Swiss. Well, what's scary to me is that Rogue with the number 16 next to it. That is almost double what they were last year. They were about 7th, 8th seed. In yeah, they were year. on the cusp. And now they're 16th. Rogue has become a bubble team? A, oh, no. Yeah, that is, a, that is an RLCS team to bottom of the bubble seed. Well, that's um, what we talked about a few, a few shows ago, was that these like top that. 8 teams are going to become bubble teams to, to make room for all these new rosters that are vying for top 4. Yeah. Um, there's so many, I mean, we can do a whole show, we could do a whole show on the bubble scene, like, in, in, by itself. There's so many things to talk about the bubble scene. It does We might need to after, numbers. after the EU episode, Yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. It doesn't get enough coverage. Um, but yeah, I thought, to wrap up for NA this week, I thought NA, great first regional, great start for RLCS. I was concerned about the viewer numbers. Close qualifiers seem to have more viewers than the main event uh, in terms of, like, critical streaming it, optic streaming it, solary streaming. I mean, that's European, but solary had, like, 30k viewers on theirs. RCS really? itself only had, like, 50,000 the finals. I think even it pushed six. I'm not a big numbers yeah, but person, but... The, the Rocket League category as a whole seemed to have a lot of people in it. It did. It did. The, the close qual was a huge day. Um... I was a bit surprised with NA Finals with all the hype going on this year that it wasn't here. Which I'm not a numbers person, but it was just something I noticed. I'd throw that. Um. So yeah. Uh. As we end, Cam, you did have a question you wanted to ask in the show towards the end about the majors. 
Do you want oh, to talk about I that mean, real quick before we end? I, I was going to ask, with, with FaZe doing so well, and obviously everyone's going to jump on the FaZe hype train, um, I'm not sold, so I wanted to ask you, <laughs> is who's going to be the best performing team if you had to go off of Justice Regional, right? And may, yeah. maybe, not necessarily Justice Regional, but how you feel right now, which North American team will be the best performer at the major in Rotterdam later this year? Will it still be FaZe? Will G2 wake up? Hard not to say FaZe after that. That was Will Furia qualify and then dominate? They'll be an NA team Yeah, now. I want to say Furia. Furia will be the best Furia. performing NA team in Rotterdam? I think so. Um, I think it'll be SSG, personally. So in Rotterdam, no. Yeah, I think Space Station's a good pick. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with FaZe. I think Miss is the answer. I'm not gonna lie, I'm phasing on the, up. On the phase train, you, still, you phase up. I still don't know up. how to do it, but I'm <laughs> Give us your best up. phase up for, uh, for you know, clippable phase up. Let's that's go. That's a phase. That's a phase that's, up. That's good. Yeah, that's good. I'm phased up. I think Mist is the answer. I think they're doing great. I like what I see. I was, the big concern for me for phase was always NRG. NRG was their daddy. Anytime they met them in semis, it was like, NRG, big daddy's here, you lose. The belt is coming off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And now NRG, you know, they could get there. I just think the phase is a different end. First killer looks unlocked. Typical looks comfortable. Very scary. I've never seen Typical look comfortable. SRG dominated. I mean, SSG dominated years ago in, in early RLCSX when they just won everything. That was when the last time I saw Typical. And then Mist hasn't been on this god tier of a roster since the Envy Machine. I feel like yep. all of these players in their old dominant fashion are kind of just coming together as like a cohesive unit. Seems to work. So now that I have the regional champ to back me up, I'm like, okay, yeah, phase, phase up. Phase all the way. Yeah, we'll see if they continue to perform like this throughout the season. You know, that that's... That's the test they have to go through. I'm not really going to be a believer of any team until I see more. Although I'm starting to really enjoy watching Gen G play, so okay. I might I might be developing a soft spot for for Gen G doing well. We'll see. We'll see as the season goes on. All right. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't want to don't want to tear energy uh, Gen G down. I think, then don't. I just think don't. Just great. let me have this. I I just wonder was it an overperformance a little bit this weekend? <laughs> no. Performance. I think they could have performed even better. They didn't they even show all of their have. potential. They definitely could have. That finals was a bit of a... They got their ass kicked a little bit in the finals. I think, I think they got they more in the tank. Got, they kind of got brought it to them there. But, you know, it's... Like I said, they're new. They're going to improve. They're going to be great. Um, I, I think... I think... I'm on the phase train. I'd be surprised if they went back to being not... But um, yeah, I think you know that's that's gonna be our NA recap for today. Uh, we will have an EU RLCS show next week after yeah after the EU um, broadcast, which will be exciting because we have all we have the closed calls today. Real quick, let me take a look at these. It was uh very interesting today. Not not to go too hard into it, but you're gonna have I'll to pull, change some of your. Bracket. Some of your fantasy stuff may need to get shifted around here because oh, no. Vitality did not make it out of closed calls. Oh no. No Vitality. Okay. No Vitality. No SK. SK is where Scrub went to go play. 
All right, let's take a look. Here are the closed qualifier results, guys, for uh, for Europe real quick. Um, just because that did happen earlier today. So some big L's you said were Vitality. Yeah, Vitality lost uh, to Sonics in the final round 3-0. And Sonics roster being Tho, Mike Boy, and Metza. Let's go, Metza. Yeah. Yes. Right, hell yeah. All right, that's a big dub. Shout out Sonics as well. You said... Um, I thought SK Gaming would do better. That's, um, that's Scrub. Um, Nass. Nas. Yeah, they're, they're, maybe they just had an off day. They're, they're both... I know that their roster has a ton of potential, but seeing them 3 is weird. Very weird. But other than that, I mean, I think it pretty much went about the way it should. With like top blokes, Solary, I'm it's glad to see Solary do well. Solary is the goats, the French. Williams goats. Resolve and Endpoint, I'm not surprised doing well. Yeah, Williams Resolve Oxygen played this week. Uh Flame, Noah Sky, and Breezy. They're very good. Yeah, that team's great. Very good team. But they will get to catch up with everybody who's in the main event, like Oxygen, Moist, G1, oh, DS, Carmine. I'm saying it right now. Oxygen are the best team. The way, with current form, the way Oxygen played, if they play like that again, they're world champions. I'm just going to say now, it was unreal. I casted their games this week. It was crazy, chat. It was actually crazy. I am all Oxygened up. Getting a jersey. You are, you are instead of inhaling copium, you're I'm just inhaling, inhaling just oxygen. oxygen. <laughs> yeah, just straight oxygen out of the OT tank. <laughs> they, it was so weird to watch because it was like, they played like I wanted, like we wanted Splice to play. They were passing everywhere, all the time. Mechanical stuff. I'm not kidding, Kim. You should watch the game. It was wild. And they didn't just 3-0. They, they clipped. Every single goal they scored was a clip. Every single one you could highlight and put in a montage. It was crazy. They looked to, insane. I'll have then to you do have my the, research. The Moist storyline. You have Liquid, Carmine, BDS, and Fifth. I mean, there's so many things going on in Europe. It's going to be a fun week. Talking about there will be a lot to talk about next week for Europe for sure. I'm very excited for for all of these these new matchups. Yeah, EU RLCS is going to be exciting, especially with Oxygen leading the helm. Because not to be toxic to Europe, it was kind of boring to watch sometimes their gameplay. Oxygen's not boring to watch. Oxygen is really really fun, and I think that you guys are going to see a lot of elements that NA has. Oxygen, lots of oxygen, lots of BDS passing. final. Yeah, and, and the whole thing is if can oxygen remain stellar throughout the whole year with Jorius, Archie. Like they do have playtime problems. They do have like hours the game. So like yes, they're gonna they're gonna be dominant now because they're playing time. But um, man, they look insane. I think Europe is is in general looks really exciting this year with the um. The transfers that took some talent out of the region. I still think that Europe is the depth Europe has is great. It should be really fun, and we're gonna be heading. We're gonna be doing that after RLCS broadcast next week. So our shows, guys, are gonna start to be after RLCS broadcasts. The games are over. We'll start our stream up, and then we'll do our post game from there on. Currently, that's the only plan we have right now for the shows that changes we'll let you know but that's just the plan moving forward and uh yeah cam any final thoughts here before we wrap up um our na show 
Um, I mean, I think NA was a good. It was a good week of of Rocket League. I think the the gameplay was very top tier, and the region is going about how we would expect it so far, with a few shakeups here and there. But I think Europe's gonna just. It's gonna be the Wild West over there, and so I'm yeah. actually super excited for next week's show. And I really, because I don't know a whole a whole lot about Europe either. So I know a lot about NA, and my biases are very strong oh, over yeah. there. But in Europe, I get a fresh set of eyes on everybody, so I can be a lot more, I guess, objective about it while I'm watching live. And I think that makes it really fun. So I I'm really excited for next week's show. Yeah, and we'll also we're gonna get a European homie on here to help us not be as biased to NA. Yeah, balance us out. Yeah, we'll try and get that for you guys, but. Until then, thanks for watching, everyone. Hope you had fun. Um, we'll we'll be back next week, and until then, we'll talk to you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.